understand the way the world works by using our heads and trusting that there is something positive and something constructive about using our heads and thinking our way through the world. Today, we have a very special guest with us. His name is Yusuf. I happen to know Yusuf from gardening in the city. Um, he and I have gardened now for probably a couple of months. Uh, Yusuf knows a lot about gardening, but that's not the topic tonight. Uh, Yusuf knows a lot about another topic that I thought we'd all like to learn about. It's a fascinating topic. It's The topic tonight is street life and gangs in the city of Detroit. And so without much more time to introduce my friend Yusuf, whom I've got to know over the last few months, I could say a lot of impressive things about Yusuf, but I'm just going to let him talk about himself and... Uh, what I want you to do, Yusuf, hello, uh, is uh, to ask you about how you got involved in the gang movement. Uh, what drew you to it? You might remember some stories or facts that you know our listeners might want to hear about because uh, I think once we talk about you, then we can also talk about stuff that's going on today in the city of Detroit, like within the last few weeks, as I hear from you. But let's talk sure. about you first. Sure, sure. Uh like, like Brother Mark said, my name is Youssef. So, really what, what attracted me to street gangs? Uh, first, I'd like to say that I, I'm from Detroit, uh, the southwest side of Detroit. And in that community, there's a lot of gang activity. Uh, and most, most of the gang migration was from Chicago. Folk nation, people nation, mostly bloods and crips, uh, five stars and six star gangs. Uh, the color codes is like red and blue mostly and so the particular area I was in were, were more of a red gang uh, they some gangs of Latin counts uh, you know and they had bloods uh, pyrus but they, they made those neighborhood gangs seem like cliques and, and I, I believe for me, I wanted to find that click, that group of friends that I could hang out with and truthfully go steal cars, smoke weed, find cute girls, have sex. Uh, so they, they idolized, they made these behaviors attractive, you know, chasing pleasure. Um, uh, but the brotherhood. You know, I had people to talk to, run with, uh, we'd get in fights together. Uh, I suppose that had an appeal to you as well, right? I mean, it wasn't just cute girls and kicks, but it was also, you could find some solid relationships. You could find some sort of belonging or friendship. Yep. Yeah, that played a really big part in it. Uh, you know, I, I, we use the term a little loosely. But I, I thought that I was finding friends, friendship, you know, uh, uh, it's some of my friends, I'll I tell you the truth, have been through more and, and 
have stuck through with me uh, uh, more than my own blood relatives. Really? So I believe that through my friendships, I, I sparked through wanting to be in particular gangs were really me searching for a family to compensate for what relationships I couldn't build with my own blood relation. Can you uh, describe how you got into the gang? Can you have any stories that you could help us to understand what it takes to like, actually enter into the world of gangs? And then when you tell, say something about that, and then I wanted you to also say something about not just the drugs and, and, and crime, and, but also some of the positive things that, that come from gang life as well. Okay, yeah, sure. So with, with uh, joining into a street gang, uh, a lot of it comes from community roots. You, you live in a, for me personally, I, I lived in the same household my entire life. So I'm 35 years old. So I was exposed to a, a long period of, of this neighborhood gang and all of my neighbors joining into that gang. Uh, so I, I honestly thought maybe, you know, back then I thought that it was the right thing to do. You know, this is our neighborhood gang, and I represent my neighborhood, so I'm going to join that particular gang. So, uh, knowing some of them, I just asked, like, hey, you know, I want to join into the gang. And they explained to me there there's a process. Uh, the, one of the first important processes is that you have to be violated into the gang. Violated. And I know that word makes it seem like, oh, who wants to be violated, but... It's not necessarily uh, uh, bad. What, what you do is you have to fight for a set amount of time. And you have to be standing at that end of that time. So you, for men, they have to fist fight. Huh. Uh, some people, because of their They're genes, surrounded by others. Oh, yeah. And, a whole, and they have to fist fight their way to, to, to standing, to holding their position. Yes. yes. Okay. And it could be against six people. It could yeah. be against five people. Uh, and so there's other ways you can like just by being affiliated for through your family you can be blessed in like where just because your your uncle's the leader of the gang you may be accepted as part of the gang without getting beat up. Oh, okay. Uh, and there's other requirements too. We we had to pay dues. Like there was a due that had to be paid. Uh, you had to put in work, some of what they called it. But for me, it was more stealing cars and drawing gang signs. Just in the neighborhood? Or, yep, you know, just in gang. particular. Yeah, well, a lot of the street gangs, they didn't want to do crimes like car theft inside of our own neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So we went outside of the neighborhood. You might find us at Oakman Boulevard and Dick's Highway. Uh, That's out of your zone. So, exactly. Yeah. It's outside of the community. You know, Taylor or other suburban areas around Detroit we'd go steal from. But And you were given a task, go into this area and yep. do something. Yep. Uh, to get, prove that you are willing to be a part of this brotherhood, go do that. What, what did you have to do? Well, for me, it was really focused on stealing cars. I was really good at stealing cars. Mm. And machines, after I growed up, growing up a little bit, uh, I started stealing machines, commercial machines. And so those were 
some of the things that I did the most. And plus I was always good at drawing, so they would have me go around and draw certain gang signs of association with our certain gang. You get all these hidden talents. You draw, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. Fair enough, too. Yeah, but uh, but those that's some of the tasks that you would, and how you would get into a gang. Wow. Um, <clears throat> tell me about some of the positive, I want to, let me, first of all, before I do that, let's just talk about um, maybe a story, maybe a significant story that you can, if you can think of a significant memory that you have of belonging to a gang, uh, be it good or bad, that you wouldn't mind sharing with us. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, one really good memory. I was about 12 years old, and I was invited to Chicago by uh, a gentleman. His street name was Racine, and Racine was from a, a sort of a, a higher level of this particular street gang. Uh, we Can you say what that gang was? Well, in the community I lived in, it was called the Toledo Mafia Counts, the Latin Counts uh, Gang. And in Chicago, their group was called the Almighty Insane Latin Count Nation. So more of a higher rank, for like, for example, lords and counts mm. and kings. And yeah, okay. So, anyway, they took... So they, they were in the hierarchy higher than your game. Yes. And they kind of discipled your game? And, well, yeah, that's exactly how that works. Yep, exactly. So, did they, so getting back to your story, did they send you, did they ask for you to come and look, get trained by them, or did they come to you and train you here in Detroit? Well, it wasn't really about training. This particular event, it was more about, uh, let's compare it to a family reunion. Oh. Compare it to a family reunion mm -hmm. where you call everybody from the different branches of your large family mm -hmm. into a picnic. And that's exactly what it was. It was uh, 1996 or so, something like that. And uh, yeah, the Chicago picnic for the Latin Count Nation, the Almighty People Nation, uh, in particular, their group of the Latin Counts. And uh, so it was beautiful food, love, hugs, friends. Just peace. How many no people? No violence. Uh, I'd have to say, just a quick estimate, you know, as I was young at that point, but looking back on it, it's about 3,000. <laughs> 3,000 people. Easy. All for a reunion picnic in the yeah, Chicago area. In Chicago. Yeah, well, South Side. They call it the sunny side of Chicago. It's South Side of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a reputation the yeah. South Side does. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What are some of the um, positive sort of, let's say the, I don't know how to say it exactly, but the, the organizations that are legitimate, that gangs, I'm talking about institutions or operations that are legitimate, but yet they have kind of connections, I mean, maybe secret connections or maybe direct, I don't know, but not well known. Give, can you give me an example of some of the ways they have a kind of a legitimate operation going? Um, I wouldn't really be able to go into very specific detail because it ranges different per person. You know, it, it's sort of like how you would think of money laundering. The drug dealer always has a laundry mat. So, but, you know, that's more of a front for some of these guys that are in the gangs. They are... 
and always have wanted to be businessmen, community members. They start small businesses in their community. Uh, you know, if it is a laundromat, so be it. But they're, they're community activists. Uh, a lot of them, they, they focus in on, for example, one of the local brothers that I'm familiar with for the Lanton Counts, he owns a car wash. And the car wash does really good. But he also has community events in Roosevelt Park where he gives care packages of cheap hygiene products to homeless people. Uh, but he is associated with a street gang in the same. But uh, So they are community members. We have in southwest Detroit, we have the business improvement and development. Uh, and some of those members that are working for these programs now were once troubled inner city youth who were in gangs who are turning over these new lives and, and so they're, they're there in these positive settings, business owners, mm -hmm. parents, uh, a lot of the gang members who have children, we go through changes. Let me just ask about some of the symbolism that is present in gangs, in their customs and their activities. Like you mentioned the, um, uh, what you call it, the violating ritual, where you're in the middle and you have to withstand, you know, six or so people coming at you. Can you talk about some other kind of symbols or, like you would put these signs up on, on buildings. Mm -hmm. what, what would those signs actually look like? Okay, well... Or what are some of the other practices that are symbolic? You know, any of this stuff, yeah. Uh, okay, so there is a such thing as misconduct in a game. If you do certain behaviors that aren't approved, uh, for example, if uh, one of the... Really good example, 1992... There was a peace treaty between the Red Gang and the Blue Gang, the Bloods and the Crips. And these the, are Detroit gangs? No, uh, these are national These are gangs. national yeah. gangs. 1992, and, that's a long time ago. That's yeah, but they did ago. have yeah. a treaty. Yeah. They really did. They, they, they signed they a treaty. declared peace among the gangs. And time went by, and everything was really good. It did really well. I was young, but I still understood what was happening. And... Some situations happened and some violence occurred across gangs and the peace treaty was broken. Hmm. But those people who broke the peace treaty were violated because of their misconduct. Just the same as you would do for uh, a military soldier in the U.S. who does a crime. In, in this case, when you say violated, you mean punished. Yeah, they were in punished. this case, it would be a punishment. Okay. Uh, you know, for different behavioral misconducts, like not listening to your authorities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of different, not paying your dues. You know, dues is sort of like what we would think of as taxes. Mm -hmm. um, what, how much do you pay? Uh, well, it would vary. It would, it would vary. It would be, you could go out and steal car radios. It would be, you know, it would be different objectives per it's not a percent, it's perhaps yeah, just, it's just a, a, an amount or a, a resource or a, you know, yeah. some kind of goods, services rendered, whatever it is, yeah. but you're expected to do, contribute something. Contribute something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and in the symbolism, uh, so there, there are two 
major national gangs that were basically the founding gangs, and that would be the Bloods and the Crips. And the Bloods are more of a, a five-star, almighty people nation. And the Crips are the more blue gang, six-point star affiliates of the folk nation. Yeah, explain that. And uh, so, uh, just like the United States is made up of 50 different states, but we're one nation. The same with the people nation is the vice lords, Latin kings, the black bishops, Latin counts. To, in comparison to the folk nation, it's the crips, the gangster disciples, so on. So those are two different now uh, networks. And going back to your story, which I'm, I'm, I didn't want to interrupt. I don't know if you were going to finish the story. These are two networks. And do they go back to that 1992 treaty that... Yes. So, so, you, so continue. Yeah, they I don't do. Know. They yeah. did have all of that treaty included. It was all-inclusive. That's supposed to be a nationwide agreement. Yeah. And so it included all of those gangs that are parts of those nations. Now, with the folk nation, the major symbol that's associated with that is the six-point star which we know to be the star of the Hebrews or Israel, uh, you know. But it, that star in particular has meaning to it for those people who are in the nation. Uh, I, I know the meaning to be life, loyalty, love, understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. And in the same sense, for the five-point star gang, and we know that the... Five point star, and I'm actually looking at it to confirm it because I don't want to false represent the five point star. It, it's points. That's mean, for the other side. That's for the yes okay. for the people. people nation. Yeah. Does that stand for something with really? a people? people um, I'm not sure exactly, but, but folk it be, stands for something. Folk stands yes. for friends of the Lord and King. Well, is that what I thought it stood for? It's it's pretty close to that actually for our Lord and King. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the folks and people. I don't know that they use it as an acronym, but the they're opposing folks and people. Like it, you know, they just picked what was opposition to each other. So they don't get along. Those are no, they don't. Okay. Um. So back to the five point star yeah. and its meaning for the people nation. The meaning is love, truth, peace freedom, and justice. And and so as I sit here and I talk about these two major symbols for each nation, you can hear all those positive things. Justice and peace and understanding and knowledge and, and love. Yeah. And yeah, so so their their symbolism has some positive representation, but all in the same, there's negative representations in their symbols too. Uh, for example, the folk nation has the winged heart with the devil's horns, devil's tail, and the three sixes, two sixes, each eye and the mouth, the six. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it can vary, you know, because the number six is just something that you're associated with, so you use it in repetition. Um, but the, also the pitchfork pointing upward. And most of the time when you see artist renderings of Satan, he's like holding a pitchfork that's pointing upward. 
and but in opposition to the folk nation, the folk nation was actually developed first, and the people nation were meant in the counterpart and then built on their symbolism. So a lot of the symbolism for the people nation is exactly counter to the symbolism of folk nation. Are they regionally based? Like, do the folk nation gravitate towards one part of the U.S. and the you know the other group towards another part of the U.S.? Are they ethnically oriented, or can you say anything about that? So, as far as being held to one specific area, you got the founding city, Chicago. Oh, okay. For both nations, but uh, for Bloods and Crips, who were more active in the West Coast, California like Oakland and Los Angeles. But right now, the nation, the, the entire nation knows street gangs, small they're, cities. They're all city. over. They're yeah. all over. And they're mixed in. Yes. Okay. So now on the cultural sense, they do have, like you can hear through some of the names, Latin counts, Latin kings, black bishops. Uh, you know, they, they have, but... Ethnic roots. But all in the same, there's a mixed group of Latin counts. Most of my neighbors are a mixed group that are in that particular gang. So just just out of curiosity, it seems like uh, you know you compared it to the United States, um, you know, and so the United States has many of these same ideals, and it sounds like they really do try to carry out the ideals within the gang movements. Yes, it's a, there is a such thing as a constitution really? for the gang associations, just the same as there's a constitution for our country. Yeah. Uh, and you notice that there's red and blue. If we go back to our first war, the Revolutionary War, there was the red coats and the blue coats. Mm. I think that there's a reason that those traditions have been held on to, a dividing marker for our country, so to say. But all in the same, uh, uh, just like the Million Man March, I'm not sure in what time period that happened exactly. Uh, 20 years ago, it was in Washington, okay. D.C. Yeah. So if you think about that and then think about our youth and how many of them were familiar or we know of statistics that are associated in gangs, imagine if they took their efforts and put it toward something similar to the Million Man March and its cause. There'd be a... 10 million man and woman march. Mm -hmm. no yeah. That's how it is. They're, they're a big part of our society. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Um, just wanted to let you know about a website that says more about me and what I'm doing called markwitters.com and let you know also about a, a couple of books that I've written, one in 2017 and one that's coming out uh, this year. The one in 2017, that one is called Memoirs of an Unfinished Tale. The one that is coming out this year is called Memoirs of How It All Started. So uh, hope to see you next week and uh, hope to interest you in how to reconnect the threads of our lives and society.